Welcome to Lunch Hour. My name is Ashton Fish. Today we have Pastor Leslie, one of my colleagues. Actually, she is the longest tenured next-gen director in the nation right now. Um, and so I just want to say welcome, Leslie. Thank you so much for being on. You're on East Coast time, so it is, <laughs> it's past lunch. Um, so thank you for being with us. And um, yeah, I just wanted to give a moment for you to introduce yourself to this group, to us. Um, let us know where you're from, uh, what you're doing in ministry, and just kind of sharing your heart. All right. Well, it is great to uh, be with you all, you Southern California uh, leaders. <laughs> I am in Amherst, Ohio, which is 30 miles south or west of Cleveland. And uh, I, talking about LeBron, yep, <laughs> LeBron's our guy, big, big fan, <laughs> um, big uh, sports fan, Indians, Cavaliers, and even the Browns, they're coming on this year. Um, mark my words. So, um, yeah, I have uh, been born and raised here um, in Amherst, um, been Foursquare my entire life. I like to say that I am a poster child for the Foursquare Church because my mom was an organist, and I think I was in church by the time I was like two months old. Um, so, and as Ashton says, I serve as a next-gen director in the Northeast Atlantic District, which is essentially the upper like Northeast quadrant of the United States from Ohio and Kentucky to Virginia up to Maine. And I've been doing this for 10 years now, but prior to being in a district role, I started out as a kids pastor, a kids pastor who had no training whatsoever. I was uh, actually an occupational therapist and God called me into ministry. And the first opportunity was in kids ministry. And from there, it's just uh, God's blessed it and been able to grow in that. So um, one of the reasons that I love being able to share is I'm not coming at you as an expert or somebody who's been, um, you know, from an academic background, but a lot of what I've learned is just through experience and uh, really more of the things I wish I would have done than even I may have done in the past. So it is great to be able to share with you all today. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Leslie, for being on. And one of the things that I really admire about you is your passion for discipleship. Um, practically just being in people's lives and discipleship is kind of one of those hot words that people kind of throw around and yeah, I want to disciple my students, my kids, my young adults, you know, my um, just regular adults in the church. Um, but I feel like there hasn't been a lot of definition, especially in next gen of what discipleship is and how do we disciple, you know, kids and, and differently also to youth and differently also to young adults um, and so I know you're really passionate about discipleship. So can you talk a little bit about what is your discipleship stra strategy? And also, can you introduce the discipleship pathway to us? In yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, as Ashton said, I am passionate about discipleship. And I think part of that comes from the fact that I had a really strong foundational uh, upbringing in um, the church and in my family. So I know that I come at it from a a perspective of really being blessed in that. And um, for, I don't think any of you were even born back in the day of Foursquare uh, when, with the kids ministry. When I was a kid, we had what was called cadets. And you came on Wednesday night and I never remember it being games or activities or things. We had these books that we went through and you basically like memorized scripture, books of the Bible, had a Bible lesson, but the cool thing about that is I really grew in that. And even today, like somebody can start a number of verses and I can 
like finish them because of the background that I had when I was a, a kid. So I know that um, I had that blessing in that not everyone does. And I, and I also know that through the years, that model of kids ministry for sure really would not be um, maybe as engaging to our kids nowadays. Um, so my concern is that we've swung very hard to the other side where we've become a lot more, um, you know, how do we engage? What are the games? What, you know, more concerned about the themes than we are really helping our kids get a solid biblical background. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, that has fueled my passion for that. And as I started this role, I had been a children's pastor for uh, 12 years, and there were things that were important to me in our kids' learning. And as I started visiting other churches, one thing that stood out to me that was very concerning was the fact that there was such randomness in the approach to uh, just the strategy of teaching, especially in kids' ministry, but I also know it goes on to youth and even young adults, that you know, I would get questions like, hey, we want to do a circus theme, like as our next study. And I'm like, a circus theme? Like, what do you want spiritually? And, and they're like, well, we, we've already done a space theme and we've already done like an adventure <laughs> theme. And now we want to do a circus. And I'm like, well, I think you're, you're getting things out of, out of order here. And so that has really prompted me in terms of wanting to develop and we've been doing this as a next gen group over the years of, okay, how do we be strategic? So then uh, what is a discipleship pathway? So Ashton, if you're good, you want me to just go right yeah, into it? Go for it, please. That? Yeah. All right. So here's a definition of it. And I know I'd sent this to Ashton and you can get that handout. Um, but it's a customized strategic plan for churches to develop a streamlined pathway to develop disciples. So let me break that down for you is that there's a lot in that. So it's customized. So discipleship is not plug and play. I mean, sometimes I think um, we so much want, like, give me the program. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. But I believe that God has put you in a distinctive culture of ministry that what's going to work for you may not be the same thing that works for the church down the street or even a church that's in your district, the same Foursquare church, that he's going to give you that plan and it's not just going to be because it worked somewhere else. So it's customized. Um, the next is that it's strategic and it has to be thought out. Strategic means in my just understanding of it is that you're starting with the end in mind. So what do I want a disciple to look like? And I'm going to start at the end and then I'm going to work my way back because that doesn't happen just, oh, they're a junior in high school. Hey, they're going to graduate soon. We need to make sure they're a strong, committed follower of Jesus. It's like, no, like we need to start when they're a baby and we need to start with their parents and helping them lead their kids to be disciples. Streamlined. It's not random. It is focused. It's all going towards the same goal and it's embraced by the leaders who are all in that pipeline. So instead of it being silos where every ministry is doing its own thing, has its own objectives, has its own vision and missions, we're turning that around and we're saying, no, we're going to streamline this so that when kids go into uh, being you know, middle schoolers and then high school students, everything's not brand new to them. That 
oh yeah, that's common language. I'm used to that kind of structure, you know, age-based with that. So it's streamlined and it's a pathway that there's this pathway to follow that you're able to um, know, okay, what's the next sign I'm looking for? What's the next thing that I'm going for? And again, everybody's on the same page. They're all on the same path. And then disciples, really thinking through what is your definition of what a disciple is? What is it, if we're doing discipleship, we're making disciples, but everybody has to be on the same page of what does it mean to be a disciple? So for me, a disciple is a, a committed follower of Jesus Christ. But again, I think those are things that you talk about as collaboratively getting with your, um, your kids, leaders, your youth leaders, and your young adult leaders, and being able to, being able to uh, just develop that kind of pathway. So that, in essence, is what a discipleship pathway really is. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for kind of breaking that down. Um, and one thing I like about what you have really influenced me on, uh, Leslie, is thinking how to break down the silos in our church. Um, one of the things I've really appreciated about what you're talking about is how can we develop this pathway that's, that's distinctive from cradle through college um, in our churches? And so can you talk a little bit about that? And I know you have some resources and stuff as well you'd like to yeah. share. Well, you know, for me, I really am a um, Reggie Joyner Think Orange fan. Now, I have to always give a disclaimer on this. I'm not a huge fan of their curriculum, uh, especially on the elementary side of things, um, just because, again, I, I want things strategic. I want kids, like, working through the Bible, not having the random stories. Although, I mean, it works for them. No shade on orange at all. But their philosophy of ministry is really on target, I feel, because it's focused on how do you bring the big small? How do you do for a few what you wish you could do for many? And so it's very much focused on training leaders in that way, that they're discipling and developing relationship, which we all know is key, especially for this generation in ministry, to be able to lead them. So they came out with a book about probably five years ago, and it's one of my favorite books now, and it's called It's Just a Phase so don't miss it. So it's by um, Kristen Ivey and Reggie Joyner. And what they did is they brought together researchers, educators, psychologists, um, theologians, people in ministry, and they broke down each age group, actually every age, to say, okay, what are the developmental levels that these kids are at all the way up through 18 years old? What are the spiritual um, kind of developmental levels? What just physically? what's happening with them. And so what they were able to do, I feel like they have done the research for us. And then they've taken that and then given a good, kind of a, a map um, for what you can expect and look for at every age. So that's number one, um, my first resource that we started with and even as a team read that book together. The second thing that I found that was gold is there's a pastor in Texas, his name's Brian Haynes, and he came up with what's called the legacy milestones. And legacy milestones are essentially taking these different age groups and saying, okay, what is it that is going to be our goal for that age group? So for example, taking um, kids that are in that nursery age and saying, okay, by the time they're out of the nursery, these are the things we want to have seen in their life, but also these are the way we're going, this is the way we're going to train their parents to spiritually lead them. 
and they have amazing resources. So I would say LegacyMilestones.com. If you have never been on that website, um, jump on there because it's, for example, for a baby, it's um, baby dedication. So it's not just, okay, we're going to get all our babies dedicated, but it's, okay, here's a class that the parents go through before their baby is born. So they know when they're bringing a baby to be dedicated, what they're committing to for that child. And then they work that through all of the ages. So um, I would say in terms of developing a discipleship pathway, I would definitely start with those two resources because they kind of give that whole breadth of what you're looking for and kind of get you on the right track with it. That's awesome. Um, and then can you give us a little bit more, like where, where would you start? So kind of practically speaking as a next gen person, I'm going, Hey, this whole pathway, this discipleship. Okay. Here's some resources. Now, how do I practically like integrate this into my ministry? Um, can you give us some insight into that? Totally. So I don't want to overwhelm you with this, but I'm going to show you a, um, a discipleship pathway. Um, one that we have worked on here at our church. Um, and let's see, make sure that comes up for you. All right. Can you see that where it says making disciples who become disciple makers? All right. So this is what out of the phase book, it's just a phase. This is what, um, a completed phase journey looks like. Okay. So, but the starting point on this, again, not to get overwhelmed in it is starting with your mission. Like, what are you trying to do? So for us, our mission is we exist to make disciples who become disciple makers. So our focus in everything we do is we want to make disciples. So we're pouring into them, but then at some point they're going to become a disciple maker and they're going to repeat this process over and over. And truly believe that's what Jesus did. He poured into those 12 and then they went out and changed the world. So that, what is your mission? What's your goal? And again, this isn't like the youth ministry has their goal. Kids ministry has their goal. Nope. It's okay. We sit down in a room together and we hash this out. I was with a church um, in April and we spent like 15, no, it was like 20 hours in two days hashing out some of these basic things. Um, and then the next thing, the next thing is, um, if you would look on this discipleship um, phase journey that there is, all this work in between here about how kids think, um, what they embrace, the different questions that they're asking, that's all from the phase journey. So that's all done for you that you can use as a guide. But then as you get farther down, there's some basic things that you need to do. Number one, what are your age breakdowns? How, your nursery, how, what ages is it going to go to? If you've got nursery through four-year-olds together, is there a way to kind of um, streamline that? Because obviously there's going to be a difference between a one-year-old and a four-year-old in that. A big question, it's a hot button right now. What about sixth graders? Where do you throw sixth graders in to the mix on that? Are they in the youth group? Or are they the oldest ones in your kids' ministry? So you might be like, well, age breakdowns, like that's a given. Not really. Because if you're going to look at what's best in developing these kids spiritually and helping their families in that, you got to be intentional about that. Um, And then starting with the end in mind, 
who do you want them to be? By the time they get over here as a youth and they're tra transitioning into being an adult, not just what do you want them to know? And I would have to say, you know, probably the one thing looking back on, you know, I said I had an amazing foundational upbringing. Much of it was knowledge focused as opposed to transformational. So really the goal being, okay, how are we transforming kids to think and be like Christ? And what does that look like? So again, what does the end in mind? Who do I want them to be? And that's where that whole, um, there's a handout that I have for you. It's called making a disciple. It's not just knowledge of what you're teaching them, but it's the skills that they would have, you know, how, in worship, in serving, and knowing how to use their Bible, those kind of things. And then also, what are the habits that you want them to have for then each age group? You know, as a youth and who, someone who's graduating, I would think that you would, one of the, the goals for them would, that they would be a person who has a consistent devotional life, that they're not relying on you to, speed, to spoon feed them but that they're able to really feed themselves. But that same thing might be a goal when they're in elementary school, but how does it look different for a fourth grader than it does for an 11th or 12th grader? So those whole um, filtered thinking of, okay, who do I want them to be? What does a disciple look like at each of those age groups? And then developing milestones for each group. So you can tell on here, we've broken ours into what we call nursery and walkers, which is up to three years old. And then our preschool is like four-year-old through kindergarten. Elementary for us is first through fourth, third grade. And then our tweens, our J-12, is fourth and fifth grade. And then youth is sixth grade and above. So then what we did working together is, okay, what are the milestones that we want? Okay, by the time a child is out of our walkers age group, we want them to be dedicated as a baby. Preschool, we're gonna focus on salvation, them knowing who Jesus is. And then when we get to elementary, communion and water baptism. So these are more like um, rites of passage, I would say, um, because I don't think we do well in really honoring those um, transitions that our young people make. And again, this isn't like, okay, here's the program, everybody do it, but what are the things that would be important to you in your church as you guys look at what those rites of passages might be. I know for us, this one for the tween age group, that passport to purity, I feel is huge. Um, and if you've not seen that information, it's from Dennis and Barbara Rainey. And it is for the parents to do with their children and to be able to go off for a weekend and, and be able to address those things related to purity. Um, so. Again, these things, a lot of them are in um, the legacy milestones that you would see. Um, but then even in the youth part, one of the big things for me is looking at it in terms of um, leadership training for them or even missions. You know, I love the fact for churches that would say, okay, by the time a student graduates from high school, I want them to experience an urban missions trip. And then when they're college age to experience a um, international trip to be able to go out out of the country. But the cool part of it is that you're doing things in a way that are intentional. You're strategic. And I can tell you one of the things that 
was a huge blessing for us is we met with um, different age with parents. So example, sat down with our young families and I introduced this all to them and literally had these moms crying. And I was like, oh no, why are they crying? This is good stuff. And they're like, we are so thrilled to be a part of a, of a church family that really does care about us and wants to partner with us. And that has a plan that we can really go along with that is huge to us. So, so really that, that's kind of the big, big picture of it, but that doesn't happen like in two days. Like it, it's a process of going through, but the amazing part of being able to get on the same page with your senior pastor and being able to take his vision and bringing it in a streamlined pipeline way with your kids, leaders, youth leaders, and young adult, it, it really could transform your church. Yeah. As I'm looking at this, Leslie, I'm just thinking um, we're going to have a baby in a couple mm. months and I would want my daughter to be at your church, mm. like to be able to go through, like thinking about this as a, like a parent, future parent, I would want her to have this experience, these clear mm -hmm. goals. And so what I love about it is it's united and yeah. it's not siloed. I love that the um, next gen ministries are coming together and working together. I know that's a lot of work, but that's a beautiful thing. Next thing I love about it, you're training, intentionally training your leaders, but also training the parents. Yeah. And I think that is huge. Parents are the biggest allies to any next gen leader. Um, and then you have clear, I love your clear goals, um, the, the milestones, as you were saying. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, by the way, um, this is going to be in the podcast, also in the vlog. You're going to have links underneath that you can go to all of these resources that Leslie has put together. Um, and that's in the chat right now for the live call. So um, Leslie, can you go through some of the practical steps of implementing discipleship pathway? Because mm -hmm. um, I know that there's a lot of challenges here. This is a whole mm -hmm. switch um, to moving mm -hmm. to an actual discipleship pathway. There's challenges here. But what are some of the key things you've found that have worked if you want to make this switch to moving to a cohesive, united discipleship pathway? Yeah. Well, I think practically one of the first things you have to do is be honest enough with yourself and your team to say, to really um, analyze where are we at with this? What's the fruit of our ministry? What are we, are we seeing kids that are spiritually growing? And if not, and, the, and if there's not this strategic plan, then being willing to take the steps that are necessary. And I think the first thing starts with your senior leadership of talking to your pastors and saying, hey, this is what we feel God's calling us to do and we wanna start making steps for that. And this is definitely one of those um, dream big, but start small. Because if you look at it all at one time, it's gonna be way, way too much. But here's one of the things that, that I was really drawn to is that, you know, my, my heart really at the time when we were doing this, and it seems like it always changes, but at that time was really focused on that tween age group because we had a large number of them. And I would had this like, oh no, they're going into youth. I don't know if they're ready. And, and so we started with that age group and said, okay, what do we need to do to identify those, um, those skills, those habits, those things that we know they're going to need to have going into the youth group? So that's where we started working on that, designing. We started a new discipleship program on Sunday nights when the parents had their discipleship. We had something for our J-12 group. And 
that was very much discipleship focused with journaling, with focused worship, all those things that were a little deeper than what they got um, in the Sunday mornings, as well as that was the first parent group that I met with. I brought in some special speakers because I'm not a parent. So I wanted our parents to hear from some parents that had teenagers that did really well raising their kids through their middle school tween years. So I would say focus maybe on one age group and go from there and communicate with your ministry leaders, your parents, because if you just come in like, hey, we're going to do this and then are throwing stuff at them, they may be a little either overwhelmed or a little resistant. Um, so if you get early buy-in with them, um, then they're going to be a part of it because they're helping to form it and they're going to help you in forming that as well. And, um, and I think, you know, the last thing really is common language. Like what are the things that you can start speaking the same? So for example, our youth group now, they went to, they call their small groups huddles and they meet together as these small huddles. Well, now what we're doing in elementary is we've instituted a connect time before the class starts where they get into small groups and we're calling them huddles. So now when they're transitioning from fifth grade into the sixth grade youth ministry, oh yeah, now your huddle is going to meet on Sunday night instead of during church on Sunday morning. So I think those are some really key things to start with. I'd also start with reading these resources and um, just digging into that to see where God would show you, you need to take those first steps. Yeah, that's so good, Leslie. And I love that you mentioned the, the golden rule of next gen ministry, which is be in alignment with your senior pastor. Mm -hmm. um, so thanks for, yeah. Oh yeah. Be like, Hey, we're doing this new thing in your church, uh, senior pastor. So get on board. Yeah, no, that's yeah. definitely good to make sure that you're in unity moving forward there. Um, and then one thing I love that you said is you got parents involved and I think so often as next-gen leaders, like we think we have to do it all. Like I have to do all the training. I have to do all this organization. Um, and really we have so many resources in our church of parents and leaders that have done great things that we can pull in for those times. Um, mm -hmm. And I loved that idea. Um, so thank you for that. Um, last thing we're going to touch on before we'll move into a Q&A on our live call is um, what are the resources that you would recommend? Um, those are also, I think, in our call as well. Um, yeah. And I'll have them in our our chat for the podcast and our vlog as well. So mm -hmm. can you just go through some of those? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I definitely would, um, would check out the, um, it's just a face, so don't miss it, and the legacy milestones. But I'd also look at the, uh, the first book by Reggie Joyner, which was Think Orange, because that's going to give a big overall, uh, just big picture view of the philosophy of ministry, of training leaders, engaging parents, of partnering the home and the church together, which is why it's orange, because they say the red and yellow make the orange, which I think is so creative. Um, and then there's also some things for those of you that work with children. Carl Bastian, um, he's called the Kidologist. He's got some really good things related to discipleship, and he has done a curriculum called Disciple Maker or Disciple Town. And I've included his curriculum map on your um, list of resources there in the Dropbox because he has, I think it's 26 different modules that are all related to discipleship. And I've used some of those and found them to be really, really good. So don't feel like you have to reinvent the wheel. That's one thing that um, 
I hear a lot of children's pastors, especially, and youth for sure, say, well, you know, I've got to spend all this time developing it. I'm, I'm not much of a creator. I wish I was more. I am definitely a, a uh, editor, so to speak. I take so many different resources and I'm praying through, okay, Lord, what are you saying? Because I think part of it is we get so tied sometimes even to curriculum that we just think we have to follow that when really curriculum is a help to us and we don't need to reinvent that. But it's more of like praying and saying, Lord, what direction are you calling me to then looking to see what fits into the direction that he's having you go. So, you know, just be willing to be adaptable. Trust yourself, trust the Holy Spirit that's in you of what direction he's leading you to. And then, um, like I said, there's a, the Legacy Milestones, there's a book called Shift by Brian Haynes that explains how they impl implemented this in their church across all the age groups. And it's pretty fascinating. So, yeah, so I think those are the main resources. Yeah, thank you for that. And there's so many resources out there, but it's nice to know that you've gone through them. And again, obviously, if you've been on this call, or you're listening to this podcast, you can, you can tell we can trust you because you've actually <laughs> done this. You're a practitioner. So it's nice that you've gone through there and put that together for us. So thank you for those resources. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to put you on the spot real quick, yeah. um, if you don't mind. Um, <laughs> to ask you one last question. Um, if you were looking at your you know, younger self, as a next-gen leader, um, what would you say? What would you say to encourage kind of yourself um, in these past, you know, years, over 20-plus yeah. years of ministry? Um, yeah. Well, I, I can give you a very personal um, example of that. I started out in the first few years. I was gangbusters and really, you know, a get-her-done, got-to-do-it-myself kind of person. Didn't do real well in engaging a team. And then finally, I, I pulled some people around that were kind of like my children's council, but I, I really wasn't using them as best that I could. And, and I hit a point, I actually, we have, uh, our district owns a four square camp. So I was, I drove down there and it was a really stressful, it was right before the summer was going to start. And I could tell that I was getting more anxious, anxious, like physically something wasn't right. And then by the time I got to the camp, did what I had to do, I was dropping something off. I barely made it home because I, I was just consumed with anxiety to the point that I, I couldn't talk. And I made it home and my mom was like, what is wrong? And, and it, it, I really had hit a wall there. But here, here's the thing that happened is that it was the week before VBS, two weeks before camp. We got together with the Children's Council because we were going to change some things. Our pastor was like, hey, this is a problem. We've got to do something. So met with the children's pastor and or the children's council. And um, to a person in that group, they said to me, we've been here to help, but you haven't asked us. We want to help you, but you've never really asked. And I was like, mm, light bulb moment. And I, I believe the same thing for you, that there's people around you that maybe they're not waiting to be asked, but there's they're willing and, and don't feel like you have to do this all alone. Doing it with a team is the most important thing that you can do. And also being honest, saying, Hey, I'm hitting a wall here. I just need help. You, you know, I love that we did superheroes at a time. I thought I was Wonder Woman. I was not. I crashed and almost burned. So I, I would encourage you get that team around you that has your back, that's going to help you through those times when you need them. 
That's really good, Leslie. Leslie, thank you so much for being on and sharing your wisdom with us. I feel like we could seriously talk for like another three mm -hmm. hours and unpack all that you um, really, you know, presented to us today. And really, this is just an introduction. Um, and mm -hmm. so please go through the resources, um, check those out. Um, also to um, Leslie, if you don't mind, uh, maybe we can find a way to get your contact information on there. So um, yeah. if people want to reach out or something and figure out more resources or um, possibly even too, if you a uh, training in, in their church or come in working mm -hmm. with their team, I know that you're an expert in that. Um, <laughs> well, so. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, I, I've done a church where I was there for a few days and that was kind of like a fire hose approach to it. But I've also, which has really been good, there's a church in North Carolina, and you'll see it says, I think, Concord uh, Phase Journey. They, I meet with them once a month through Zoom, and we basically talk about, okay, here's where we're at right now. Here's the next steps. They go and do it, and then we meet again the next month and have another call and talk about it. And in a year, it's incredible where they're at with their own way that they've done that. So yeah, if this is something you're feeling like, yeah, our, our church needs this. We would want to invest our time into um, making this happen. Yeah, please contact me. There's, there's a lot of ways that um, this can happen. All right, cool. So yeah, with your per, uh, permission, then I will include yeah. your, the right contact email Absolutely. also in the link. Um, so thank you, Leslie. I just want to say thank you again, yeah. seriously, for investing your life for over 20 plus years in Next Gen Ministry. You're a hero of mine. <laughs> and um, I know even in our, our comments, Fernando was like, she's my new next gen hero. <laughs> so we do actually have a superhero today and it is you. So we appreciate you. Thank you. Um, and thank you so much. Mm -hmm.